Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to throw the topic we had out the window because <laughs> Disney we, drops... We defenestrated it. <laughs> sure. Big that, word there. there SAT word there, kids. It was one of my words this week from, from Merriam-Webster, but I already knew it. I get a word of the okay, day. Okay. All right. Nerd, <laughs> but whatever. But but Disney dropped some big news that fast passes are gone now and they're being replaced by a paid option. We got more information on the Disney Genie option and it's rather confusing, quite honestly, all of the different options now that you have. So Disney took pretty straightforward process with fast passes and made it like that we now need PhD courses in universities to understand some of this stuff. So, you know, in theory, it's going to help you plan your trip better. I'm not sure in, you know, actuality if that happens. So we thought we'd kind of devote this episode to explaining what the Disney Genie app is, all the different options within it, some of the pros and cons, at least that we see initially, and kind of our thoughts on how this is going to impact the parks and your trip planning going forward. So this is big Disney news for the week, but it's also, I think, an important topic, especially for people who are planning trips because it can be rather confusing. Um, all the different things that came out, and they're all basically named the exact same thing. Oh, so it makes it makes it very difficult. All right, so let's jump right into it. So uh, Disney had a press release revealing Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus and that this is going to be the replacement for FastPass and FastPass Plus and MaxPass over at Disneyland. So we're getting a couple new you know, terminology. We have Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and we have Lightning Lanes. So these are all kind of the, the key terms now. So there's no more FastPasses anymore. It's Lightning Lanes. So this is from uh, Disney's press release on the Disney Genie. And then I'll also say, we'll, we're going to try to explain it as best we can. Um, but I know you know Disney Food Blog has a lot of posts about it now. Carly Wiesel has been dropping a lot of information over this past week on her Instagram. Um, so if you don't know who Carly Wiesel is, go listen to her interview with her to find out who she is. Yeah. Um, but then if you're not also following her on Instagram, be sure to head over to her Instagram as well because she's providing a lot of updates and like clarifications right. on a lot of this stuff as well. There's a lot of terminology coming up. So yeah, it's it's a little confusing. So we'll try to clarify that for you. Right. So from, from Disney's press release on the Disney Parks blog, they talk about the Disney Genie app. And so some of the key things they mention about it is that you will get itinerary updates morning to night, that the Disney Genie will continue to update your itinerary throughout the day so that you be more spontaneous and go with the flow. And this is the base Disney Genie app that's going to be free for all guests. And it's going to be integrated in the My Disney Experience app over at Walt Disney World and the Disneyland app over at Disneyland. It's also going to show you current and forecasted wait time. So this is a little bit of a change and it sounds a little bit like touring plans, how their app would show you yeah. forecasted wait times and kind of the best time to ride the rides. But what we were kind of talking about between the two of us is that I don't know if I would want to use D Disney Genie for this because they can still inflate those wait wait times, whereas touring plans, they have no, it's not in their best interest to do that. They're going to tell you the most realistic times that they can. Yeah, you're right. I mean, within touring plans, those are user submitted wait times, um, you know, whereas Disney, I mean, their actual wait times can be drastically off. So you right. kind of have to trust that those predicted wait times are going to be accurate what they're kind of telling you like hey don't ride it now ride it in two hours it, it's going to be better 
Um, and touring plans to an extent, you kind of have to trust in their predictions as well. So they're going to have that integrated. It will be interesting to see how apps like touring plans and other you know line apps are impacted by this. Um, but the Disney Genie will also allow you to join a virtual queue, make dining and experience reservations, mobile order food um, at locations and more. My thing with the Disney Genie is basically it does what my Disney experience does now, except for the future wait times. And they're kind of taking credit for all of this. Like, hey, look at this awesome new app we have. Look at all the stuff you can do. Whereas if you're in the Disneyland app or the My Disney Experience app, you can join virtual queues. You can make mobile order reservations. You can make dining reservations. You can do all of that stuff now. Disney Genie is really not adding anything <laughs> except kind of updating your itinerary for you. My issue with this, and luckily, I mean, I luck out here because I'm with a person who loves to plan, who loves to check wait times, who loves to look at and do the research. So I never have to worry about this. But a lot of people, one of my favorite things about going to Disney parks is a lot of times, unless I'm taking pictures, I'm not on my phone. I like to not use my phone. So the fact that they are integrating so much of the Disney experience into my phone I'm not a real big fan of that. And I know that that's been a complaint with a lot of people too online is like, you know, they kind of don't necessarily want to be attached to their phones in that way. And so it is, that part is, is definitely frustrating because it's going to be pretty integral to your experience. Yeah. Well, they've already integrated more with mobile ordering, you know, in your phone anyways. And even when fast passes were around, you basically had to check the app to see when your fast passes were anyway. So you were already kind of in there. Um, but yeah, it just seems like that they, they really haven't added a ton of base functionality. Again, it remains to be seen how well this updating your itinerary and giving you, you know, predictive wait times is going to work because everything else is kind of what the apps already do now. But then the next level of service, and they're calling this the Disney Genie Plus service. So this is the paid FastPass system. It's very similar to what MaxPass was at Disneyland. And Disney even kind of mentioned that this is an evolution of MaxPass because... Is this it, like Pokemon? Yes, this is, this is like that. <laughs> we give it the Sunstone and now suddenly it's, it's you know, a different thing. Yeah, it's a whole... Well, it's, it's very, it's, it's very similar Disney to MaxPass. I mean, it's basically at Disneyland. It is MaxPass. And, and they talked about that, you know, it's this evolution of, of MaxPass because they had a lot of uh, good feed customer feedback and that people liked how MaxPass works. So... Uh, it's going to be fifteen dollars a day for Walt Disney World, twenty dollars a day at Disneyland, and this is per person per day. So if you have a group of four, it's going to cost you sixty dollars a day Disney World or eighty dollars a day at Disneyland, and then this is going to give you the ability to make Lightning Lane uh, reservations one at a time. So they mentioned at Disney World there'll be rides like Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, or Millennium Falcon that will have this availability. So if I'm understanding you correctly, then that would be that lightning lane, the lightning lane is going to take place of the fast pass lane then essentially probably yes. at Disney world. Yes. Yes. Fa fast passes are gone and, and it's being replaced by this lightning lane terminology. Okay. So everything is everything that was fast pass before is lightning lane now. And after this came out again, through some you know additional reporting, uh, Disney mentioned that there's going to be 40 attractions at Walt Disney world across all the parks and 15 attractions at Disneyland that will be part of this Disney genie plus service. So in that price, you're also going to get augmented reality lenses for Disney world and unlimited Disney photo pass downloads at Disneyland. 
Right. And that's how, again, MaxPass was at Disneyland where you had the photo pass photos included. They're not including that at Disney World. So I imagine that's why Disneyland is a few dollars more, which I actually think is a pretty good value. Five dollars. You get all your photos included, <laughs> you know, whereas over at Disney World, I think it's like $80 a day for your photos. Or if you get the memory maker, it's like a hundred and like $70, I think, if you buy it ahead of time for all of your photos for the trip. So it's actually not bad for $5 more to get that. But then on top of that, you have Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and then you also have an a la carte option. And this is called Lightning Lane as well. So you can use the Lightning Lane with Disney Genie Plus or this a la carte option for the premium attractions, and Disney mentioned Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Magic Kingdom and Radiator Springs Racers at Disney California Adventure. So those are the only two called out. But I imagine this is going to be any of those kind of like tier one fast pass attractions. So your Seven Dwarfs, Flight of Passage, probably Frozen, Ever After, like those like top tier, very popular attractions. They're not going to be part of that $15 a day Genie Plus, they're going to be uh, very much like what they're doing at Paris, where it is a per attraction pricing, and there's going to be surge pricing. So on popular days for a popular attraction, it's going to cost a lot more. Disney did not outline pricing, but if we look at Paris, that's between like $10 and $20 an attraction. Um, so those are in addition. If you want to ride those, you got to pay additionally for those. So this makes me curious if they're going to get rid of the single rider line at Radiator Springs Racers because that is a quick way to get onto the ride. So I'm wondering if that would kind of cut into their bottom line and how much they can make doing this um, so that it's either you have to wait the full length for the ride to ride with your whole entire party or you pay this extra up like upgraded cost so that you can, you know, get on as really quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. They, you know, they didn't mention anything about single rider lines. I mean, you know, like like we said, the the Lightning Lane is basically taking over the Fast Pass lines. Um, so you know, all the attractions that have Fast Pass will have you know this Lightning Lane now. Um, but that's a good point. And and we kind of talked about this whenever Paris announced that they were going to to paid Fast Passes. And you know, we talked about you know Disney's going to almost incentivize themselves to say the wait times a lot higher. And to your point. You know, do they get rid of single rider lines so you don't have as many options? They didn't mention that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily see them doing that because it, it seems like, again, you don't have to purchase any of these add-ons. You can still wait in line if you want to. Um, but that is a, a good point and maybe something we'll see. I do think that that's going to say a lot. You know, I think a lot of people are really frustrated with this. They feel like it's a cash grab by Disney's, um, you know, by Disney. I am curious to see if they do this because I think that it kind of is going to reveal their motivations behind it. I mean, obviously they want to make money, but I think I don't that think they do. I don't think they get rid of single rider lines. I yeah, mean, single I rider not. lines have a function to get more people through the attraction. I don't necessarily, I don't think that they're going to get rid of single rider lines for yeah. this. Again, you know, Radiator Springs, when it had Fast Pass, had single rider lines still um, as well. So I, I don't see them getting rid of single rider lines because yeah. of this. I just see it as a customer service thing. Like if you want to get on quickly, if if they took away that single single rider line, it, it kind of really does show that their company like their company is shifting away from the customer service to be more of like just get as much money as they can. True. I mean, we'll we'll see. Again, there was no word on that. I don't see that going away, but it's a good point. It definitely could. So even on top of that, though. 
there's still another option. You still have virtual queue for all the attractions. So Rise of the Resistance at both parks and Web Slingers over at DCA will both still have the virtual queue options. And that's going to run the same way as they do now. So 7 a.m. Uh, if you have a park pass reservation over at Disneyland, if you have a park hopper, you can also get in uh, to either park in the virtual queue at noon. And over at Walt Disney World, you have another option at one o'clock, um, but you have to be at Hollywood Studios for that. Uh, they did announce that Remy, when it opens October 1st, will be virtual queue as well. So that would be the second attraction over Walt Disney World. And all of those attractions that are virtual queue are also part of this a la carte option. So there's going to be like kind of the top tier attractions. Um, again, I think it's probably like those tier one attractions under the old fast pass system. Some, if not all of them will be this a la carte option, but then also all the virtual queue rides will, will have this. And so you either have the option to try at 7am or pay for it. I do think this is going to probably hurt your chances of getting in the virtual queue because they're going to have to set aside, you know, some number of people for, the, the paid a la carte option, or if you have a higher boarding group, if there's a lot of people that pay and come in, you know, whereas before maybe they got through 150 boarding groups, maybe now they only get through 130. So I do think this is going to impact that, but that virtual queue option is still going to be there. So again, it just kind of adds to the confusion of all these different options you have to potentially ride these rides. The other thing is you, you do not have to pay for Disney Genie Plus in order to do the a la carte, they're completely separate from each other. So you don't have to pay the $15 a day in order to be able to make an a la carte purchase. And you can only do two of those a la carte purchases per day. So this opens up this really new and interesting thing where right now, the way that park hopping is kind of working, you pick your park and then you can park hop part of the way through the day. But then you can't get into a virtual queue in the park that you plan on hopping to. But now you can, but you have to pay to get on a ride that you might enjoy getting on. So you can get actually get, you have the opportunity to get on that ride, but it just becomes now it's a, a premium. It, yes. it's, it's paid. I, I do hope that Walt Disney World switches to, to do the virtual queuing like Disneyland does. So over at Disneyland, you can get in a virtual queue in either park at the noon option. So the 7 a.m. one is only the park you have a reservation for, but then if you have a park hopper ticket, you can get in either of them. Disney World doesn't offer that right now, like you mentioned, and I think it's because they only have one attraction with a virtual queue, and so they have a hard time getting through all the people that want to ride it that have Hollywood Studio park passes in a day. That's Rise of the, Rise of the Resistance. So they don't want to open it up to everybody that has a park hopper ticket because then there would be a lot of people that couldn't ride it. I think now that Remy's online and probably some of these newer rides open up, they have virtual queues, that may open up a little bit where maybe that afternoon one, if you have a park hopper ticket, you can try to get in a virtual queue in another attraction. Because if you have three or four of them, it kind of spreads the crowds out. But like you said, you do have the option of buying a pass uh, a la carte to do this. Now, there's there's been no date announced uh, yet from Disney. My guess is it's going to be around October 1st for the 50th, especially since they announced that Remy will be virtual queue and have this a la carte option. Uh, they mentioned fall, but I, I imagine sometime either by October 1st or shortly after they're going to have this in place. And how it works is there is a little bit of an advantage to being a resort guest. So if you're staying at a Disney resort in Walt Disney World, 
at 7 a.m. You can do your virtual queues. You can make your first uh, Disney Genie Plus reservation. You can also make your a la carte options at 7 a.m. If you're not a park guest, um, you can do the virtual queue. You can do the Disney Genie Plus, your first Lightning Lane pick um, at 7 a.m., but you cannot do the a la carte options until the park opens. Um, and actually, that, that came from Carly. That was a question that she answered. So you get a, a slight advantage for staying on property. And over at Disneyland, still 7 a.m. for the virtual queues, um, but then for everything else, uh, for all people, it is uh, whenever you enter the park. So that doesn't matter whether you're staying on property there. You really don't get uh, as much of an advantage over there. So again, interesting. You know, I think you're going to have a lot of people trying for those a la carte options, especially on like Rise of the Resistance and things. If they don't get that virtual queue at seven, they're immediately going to go and try to buy a ticket to get on. And I think those will probably go up pretty quickly as well. So staying on property actually gives you a bit of an advantage there because you can try to buy your place in line at 7am whereas guests not staying in the park uh, guests not staying on property can't do that until the park opens which you know some points maybe an hour or two after 7am when you just said the the phrase buy your place in line i just oh it just felt so icky to me i don't like it <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's let's go over kind of like the pros and cons of this so you know starting with the cons obviously it costs money i mean that that's probably the biggest con you know they're they're taking something that was free in you know paper fast passes at disneyland and kind of the the three fast passes you got at disney world they're taking that they're getting rid of it and replacing it with something that costs money you know a lot of people are are upset about this and rightly so that again disney's taking away something that's free but if you look right up the street universal has what's called express pass and that is kind of like their fast pass they have no free option there they actually have it it starts at between 70 and 90 dollars a day so it's it's much more expensive and that allows you to just walk on any ride anytime so you don't have to get a like callback like like fast pass or like lightning lane will work it you're gonna have to do a, a callback time for this stuff you don't have to do that you basically get an express line to go in there. And that, and that changes depending on the crowd levels at Universal. So again, it starts between $70 and $90 and goes up from there. So so Universal definitely does this and they limit how many of those they sell, I think, to help with crowd management. Uh, and I'll kind of talk about that um, a little bit later, whereas I think that's maybe why Disney is charging for this and not having a free option um, because the free fast passes do kind of hurt wait times. Right. And that I was going to say that that's actually a pro. Um, and I see that as a pro because we mentioned we when we were down there, I think it was not the last time we well, I think it was maybe the last time we went to Disney World. We heard one of the cast members actually talk about, you know, the percentage of people that they let through that are fast pass versus the number of people that are in the regular line. And it is it's like it was like 70 30. So they said that the lines move a lot smoother and a lot faster when there is no fast pass and that they are were not looking forward to it coming back. So even though it is frustrating because you feel like you're getting something for free with those three free fast passes, I do think ultimately I think it's going to keep the wait times to where they are currently and not get them to the point that they're several hours long like we were seeing before they got rid of fast pass. Yeah, I will say I think you know a lot of people have been calling we need fast pass back, we need fast pass back and you know I think people that have been to the parks, I mean I, I know at least me personally, 
I've not missed fast pass because again, to your point, no. you know, we heard cast members talking about that and the, yeah, they talked, you know, 70 to 80%. I think one cast member said of the fast pass line has to come in only 20% of the regular line. So we've talked about this, uh, you know, in our past couple, you know, trip recaps and you can go back and listen to those episodes if you're interested, but most of the lines for the, the rides were a half an hour, you know, 20 minutes to a half an hour. There were, right. you know, some rides that got up to 45 minutes to an hour but it was pretty rare to see something over an hour, especially something like Flight of Passage, which typically would be two to three yeah, hours. hours. And if you didn't have a fast pass, it was almost you know impossible to get on that ride. You'd have to rope drop it and rush in because it would get so long. When we were down there the past few times, we maybe waited 45 minutes for it, like something very reasonable. And you know, I think people calling for fast passes coming back, they think they need it because the lines are so long. But what they don't realize is having everybody have fast passes is what makes those lines so long. And I, and then, you know, that's one of the impacts and, and we can kind of jump ahead to this one. You know, I think Disney again, charge for this and it, it will remain to be seen, you know, how they limit this on, on how many, you know, they sell, but you know, the a la carte options, you can only do two. So it's not like you can, you know, come and just spend, you know, $200 and just get on every ride. Like they are limiting it. And I think, they have realized that one people don't like planning ahead, so that's why they kind of are, are changing it to be more like Max Pass, where you have to you know do it the day of. So that kind of eliminates the frustration of having to get up you know thirty or sixty days early at seven a.m. and have all of your favorite attractions taken already, and, and then kind of that frustration. And then I also think they realize that guests that don't have fast passes are frustrated by long lines. I mean, that, that is the one thing that Bob Chapek has said that a 10 hour plus line is not the indication of success, which is one of the reasons why when they open these new attractions now, they have virtual queues because they don't want people waiting in line all day. That's not an indicator of your, success. They your, want them out in the park spending money. Right. Your customer service number is going to be down. And like you said, yeah, that if somebody's tied up in line, they're not out in the park walking around buying. All I can think of right now is turkey legs. I don't know why. They're I think, buying turkey oh, legs. They're so gross. <laughs> Tur- um, turkey legs and, and churros, mini ears. Churros, churros there and, you go. And, and Mickey and bars. Merch. There yeah, we go. Exactly. That's much better. <laughs> but you're right. So, so they want to avoid that. So I, I do think Disney, if they, if they do this right, and again, this all kind of remains to be seen. I mean, obviously... I mean, they did it to get more money. I mean, they, you know, they're going to get revenue out of this. But I do think the way they built the system, if they do it right, it could be a very useful crowd management tool. You couple this with the Park Pass reservation. So now you know how many people are going to be in, in each park in the mornings, at least, because once you park hop, that can change. So you have a rough estimate of how many people are going to be in each park so you can allocate resources to make sure, you know, ride times are reasonable. And then, you know, with just the base Disney Genie, again, they can update your itinerary. So if nobody's on Pirates of the Caribbean and you kind of say, hey, Pirates of the Caribbean is one of my favorites, it can alert you. There's a five-minute wait. Go ride this now it can kind of help pull people from, you know, maybe Splash Mountain that's maybe an hour wait. And so if they do it right, they can use it as a crowd management tool. And I also think by charging for the Disney Genie Plus, it is going to deter people from paying for it. It will limit how many people they have to have in a lightning lane, which again will prevent 
the attraction wait time from going up. I mentioned this to you that the, the one thing I do like about this is that it's one fast pass at a time. Like I mentioned this to you and I, and I imagine this is you know a level of frustration probably on Disney's side too. Under the old model at Walt Disney World, again, you went on 60 or 90 days ahead of time and you booked and you said, okay, I'm going to ride Flight of Passage between two and three. I'm going to ride the safari between five and six, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm going to see, you know, finding Nemo, uh, at seven. And Disney has no idea how many people are going to be in the parks those days. You know, they have an estimate on what the crowds are going to be like, but they've basically locked themselves into, okay, 2000 people have to ride this ride in this hour because next hour there's another 2000 people coming and it locks themselves in that if all of a sudden, you know, the safari gets really crowded. Or, or it, God forbid, you, it, something breaks and they have to close it. Exactly. Yeah, they close it and they have to move people. That That's why these lines can kind of get out of control because they're basically locked in two, three months ahead on how many people have to be in this line at each time and they have to keep that machine going. Whereas the way they have it now, it's day of and it's one attraction at a time. So if people come in and let's say you get Haunted Mansion as your first lightning lane at say ten between ten to eleven, you, you cannot book another one until after eleven o'clock. By eleven o'clock, Disney's gonna know what's the crowd level looking like. One, they're gonna know that from the park pass reservations, but they're gonna know actually how many people come in. They're gonna see, to your point, is Space Mountain down. Like, do we have an issue because Space Mountain down and everything else is, is a huge wait time? And so they can adjust and say, okay, we can't give out these lightning lane reservations for uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Pirates of the Caribbean because let's say Space Mountain's down and both those lines are an hour and a half. So they could just say, hey, the next, if you want to ride Pirates, you can get a return time for, let's say, three o'clock, you know, because that will give them enough time to get through the queue. Whereas before, when you made it three months ahead of time, Maybe you had yours at noon and you were going at noon no matter what. So if it was an hour and a half line, now it's a two-hour line because you have all these people coming at noon. So I think it gives them a lot more flexibility in just delaying which attractions you can get. They can just almost take them offline right. to actually help with – right. take them offline from Lightning Lane to help with the crowd management. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that you know if yeah, something – is down or or the line is too long like what you were just saying yeah they can just pull yank it off and then you can't get it for lightning lane and that way nobody's disappointed nobody's saying hey i had this and i walked over here and and now i'm mad because the rides closed like they can just take that off and you don't have that um you know that gripe that people are, are upset and, and a customer service problem right exactly or even if again the, the regular line just gets too long now again does Disney have to charge for that? No. Could they have done that same thing with a free fast pass system where, again, you don't do it ahead of time. You just do it one at a time day of kind of like the, the paper fast passes that they did at Disneyland. Sure. They could do that. Paper fast pass worked. Mm -hmm. They could do, they could have done some free option, um, but they didn't. Again, I also think having a, a bit of a charge will limit how many people do this, which again, will kind of help with the crowd level. So I, I think... You know, a lot of people who say, you know, I'm not going to pay for this. I mean, I think that's it's good. kind of by design. Yeah, and I think that's good. I, I don't necessarily think, again, if it, if it is rolled out correctly, and, you know, right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in Disney yeah. <laughs> until, until they, you know, show me otherwise, I, I don't think it's going to hurt you not to pay for this 
to then wait in line. Right. We talked about this. Like, I don't think this makes sense in any park besides Magic Kingdom. Because even under the Fast Pass system, the other parks, like if you looked at Epcot, when they used to have the tiers, you could basically only get one of Test Track, Soarin', or like Frozen. So you got one of them. And then everything else was like Spaceship Earth, Living with the Land. You don't need Fast Passes for those. <laughs> you can walk on. I've never seen Living what with it, the Land longer than 10 minutes. You, you never need a Fast Pass for I that. I don't know. I think that our wait times for living with the land's coming. I don't think so. <laughs> but but before, like you never need it. Like it, it never really made sense to get fast passes for those parks because those second tier attractions never had that long a wait time. So I don't see why you would pay $15 like for Epcot or even like Animal Kingdom because if you rope drop Flight of Passage, the other attractions really aren't that long of a wait time that, you know, or even like Hollywood Studios, there's not that many attractions in those parks that I feel like you need the fast passes for or the lightning what you know what it's called now but at Magic Kingdom there's enough volume of attractions there that I could maybe see it make sense not every day but maybe certain days right I, I mean you know going back to what you said about Universal Studios we did we did do their express pass um, because we knew, I think it was years ago but we knew we were only going to be in Universal Studios for a day or two there's a lot of rides there and we don't get there very often because we usually I mean we always prioritize Disney over Universal so we did end up buying it because we thought okay well we can just knock out a whole lot of rides in one day and for that purpose it was really convenient because we figured we were getting our money's worth because we didn't have to book an extra day we'd have to spend an extra day down there we'd have to take off work for an extra day that we might or might not have so you know in that kind of situation yeah, at the, and if, on your day that you're going to be in the Magic Kingdom, it could definitely be worth your while to do this just because, you know, you're going to save that time. And again, it's not going to hurt other people that badly that you're doing it, that it's going to beef up the lines too much. Yeah, I will say I'm, I'm kind of surprised Disney did not unveil something like Universal where for $100 a day or, you know, $150 a day, you can have unlimited premiere. Yeah, like unlimited rides on these top tier attractions. So the a la carte option, again, you can only purchase two of those in a day. So, you know, maybe they're fifteen or twenty dollars a day up, you know, depending on what date is. So, you know, they're gonna get maybe forty bucks out of you a person. Like I'm surprised they didn't say and maybe it's coming. Maybe they didn't want to throw too many options in at one time. But yeah, you know, $150 and then you can ride rise of the resistance as many times as you want i do think the way universal does that it is very expensive but to your point it's good for maybe one day right because you can ride a lot because you can just go on the attractions multiple times and it really does save you a lot of time and maybe to your point like you said it kind of saved us maybe from buying a third day at universal maybe disney sees that and goes well we don't want to give people too many rides on a ride because then yeah they can shorten their trip from five days to four days and spend right. a couple of days at universal so maybe that's why they didn't you know un unveil something like that but it could be something down the road so you know i, I think an another con of this kind of getting back to the pros and cons list we really were off that for a while yeah and i mean the, the impacts are, are something so i want to talk about yeah, the impacts are something i want to talk about too so i mean we, we jumped uh, around a little bit but but getting back uh, to the pros and cons so i also think one con is if you like planning ahead this takes it away. So somebody like me who yeah. who didn't really mind, again, you know, getting up the you know sixty days before um, and kind of planning out 
what park you're going to be at, what rides you want to ride. It's not a huge loss for me, but it, it is, you know, if you do like planning that, um, you don't have that option anymore. Yeah, I can definitely see. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but Joe will frequently run through a trip for me from start to finish weeks and months before we actually go. Um, he'll say, oh, we're going to get on this ride at this time and we're going to go eat here. And I, I know that for him, that's, that is that is a huge thing. He really enjoys that. So I know he said it's not a big thing for him, but and I can see there's probably a lot of people out there like him where that is going to be you know, a difficult thing because yeah, you kind of, some people love to know I'm more of a, you know, go with the flow kind of person and I don't plan ahead, but sometimes that backfires. Yeah, uh, and I think more people are, cause I mean, they specifically mentioned, you know, in the press release, it will allow you to be quote more spontaneous and go with the flow. And again, <laughs> I think that's the feedback they got is people didn't like being up that early cause it was confusing. Um, and so they wanted to be kind of more, Hey, day of, I want to go ride this attraction next. I don't want to be locked into something I picked three months ago because that was the only thing available. But again, you know, I'm sure that that's probably about 50% of people. The other 50% of people are, 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 are planners. I think it's more than 50%. I mean, I think people <laughs> that, are, that are planners, again, you can plan what parks you're going to be at with the park pass reservations. You still have to kind of plan your meals ahead of time a little bit, but it does provide for more flexibility. I, I will say, as much as I enjoyed planning, it sometimes was difficult whenever you had your fast passes and you know, you could get one in the morning, but the other attraction you wanted wasn't until five in the afternoon. And then it kind of locks you in to be like, well, if I want to park hop, I have to make sure I'm back here or I just have to skip that fast pass. It's nice to plan, but then sometimes, yeah, you don't have that flexibility. And it does make your dining reservations a little bit more difficult too, because if you have fast passes to work around and there's certain dining reservations available, it does make those a little bit tighter squeeze. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so some of the pros I, I think that, that we see, you know, one we kind of already talked about. In theory, this is an option. This is a way to bring fast passes back in a in a new way, so to provide that option for some people while not overly penalizing people that wait in the standby lines. Right. Again, this is in theory. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> you know, also in theory is that it it makes trip planning easier. Um, because again, you don't have to plan so far in advance. The Disney Genie, if you load it with your favorite rides, your favorite places to eat, it's going to let you know when is a good time to ride. It's going to help update your itinerary and let you know, hey, your favorite restaurant has some openings. Do you want to get in the wait list? You can you know, eat there in a half an hour. Again, you know, I, I think they're, they're giving it a lot of credit for doing things that my Disney experience already does. So I will be interested to see how much of these like new trip planning features really work because I, I think they're going to kind of want to push the, the paid option a little bit. Like I, I've already seen some screenshots that they released where it shows, uh, you know, here, here's an attraction you want to ride. You know, it's an hour wait. You know, if you get the Disney Genie Plus, you can come back at 11, you know, and, and get a return time. So I think it's going to, be helpful, but I don't know how helpful it's going to be because I also think they're going to want to try to sell you on some upcharges on this. They did not mention like waiting in line for you for like a restaurant reservation, but I could see that becoming next too. like, 
hey, if you get the Disney Genie Plus, we could get you some preferred table options or get you into a restaurant that maybe you couldn't get a reservation for before. Yeah, this is exactly, you kind of went straight into where I wanted to say. I I know that we didn't have really any huge issues, but I think it was more um, even Disneyland than Disney World. But some of those dining reserve, not even dining reservations, even the the quick serve places, they get really busy and full around lunchtime. So especially with mobile ordering, mobile right. ordering has definitely made it more difficult. Where you can, now you can just have thousands of people on your phone ordering food, it, and you, you really can't just walk up to places anymore. Right. Like I think how we probably waited an hour at Pim's Test Kitchen, which is again a quick serve, and that's because we had no mobile. Like the mobile right. ordering windows weren't for like three hours, so we decided to wait in line. The one nice thing about a Pibs Test Kitchen is you get to see some of the shows, uh, some yeah. of the you know a- atmospheric uh, shows going on at Avengers Campus. But you're right, you wait a long time. So I could see this, you know, one functionality thing that I hope that they would add to D- Disney Genie would be okay. You say I want to eat at Suli Canteen and between the hours of. 11 and one and then they might the G- disney genie maybe sends you an alert and says hey you know actually up to 12 45 is is booked so if you want to eat there you know within this window you need to make your mobile order soon so i could see that may really improving your your experience and i think that could be a, an upgrade that they could have for that um, or like you said, they say, "Oh, you really want to come? You want to eat here? Okay, we'll pay five dollars and we'll we'll squeeze you in." Yeah, I I agree. I'm kind of over here nodding my head because I I think in theory that is what it's supposed to do. Where you say, "Hey, I like Sully Canteen," and again, as it's updating your itinerary on the fly, it tells you, "Hey, I know lunch is coming up and yeah. the mobile order windows are filling up, so maybe you want to." place your mobile order now because otherwise you're not going to get something and that's kind of part of the free option um but then yeah do they as part of that 15 dollars a day will it then be like okay you can we'll guarantee you like a mobile ordering spot or to your point if you pay an extra five dollars you know we can get you in within the within the hour you know we can get you in within the hour even if you know hey there's no windows available for two hours but for five bucks you can get it right now i do think that could be a a, you know future thing that happens well let me tell you if disney genie at walt disney world ever offers we will put your mickey bar on dry ice and freeze it solid i'm paying that upgrade every time okay we'll we'll fly one in from disneyland for you i don't think it would work very well no it'll be frozen the whole way it'll be great so um the other Pro that I like about this system is that it allows you to book Lightning Lane. I have a hard time calling them Lightning Lane. I still want to call them Fast Passes, so I'm going to use that interchangeably, um, probably for the near future. But <laughs> it allows you to book these Lightning Lane reservations across parks. So that was the one downside with the Fast Pass system is you had to book your three free Fast Passes, and then after you booked those three, and you had to use them. So you know we we had talked about this of a tactic again, like if you're in Epcot, and again, you really don't need a lot of fast passes there, book them for three attractions early because then you're through them by one o'clock and then you can park hop and get a fast pass in the park you're going to because you need to use those three. So you don't want to use a fast pass for a fireworks show because then you can never get more fast passes or you can, you know, you can't book fast passes in another Unless park. Unless that fireworks show is very important to you. Yeah. But like it's happily ever after, like don't do it, you know, when it was Epcot 
the Epcot fireworks show, you know, right. because then you're kind of locked in there. So the nice thing is with this is if you have a park hopper and you start your day in Epcot, you have your lightning lane, let's say for, uh, you know, Spaceship Earth, and then you want to go over to Hollywood Studios, the next fast pass you book can be at Hollywood Studios if you have a park hopper. You don't need to, you know, do X number in a certain park before you can move around. And you can even come back and do Epcot later. So I, I do like that that allows you to do, you know, kind of cross parks. It also kind of puts everybody on a level playing field because <laughs> I disagree. Well, I, I mean, not financially. If you're if you are more financially um, you know, set, then you are a leg above because, you know, spending five forty dollars that's nothing to you. But if you're a family of five and this is your one trip to Disney World, you don't have a whole lot of extra saved up so that you can do this. You're you're right. It, it's not from a free but level. I see what you're saying. But from yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at it and you're right. It, it's um maybe not the correct way. It's not everybody's on a level playing field, but everybody within who's purchasing Disney Genie Plus is on a more level playing field because again, whereas you had to get up 60 days before your vacation started and you could book fast passes for every day of your trip. And if you had a week-long trip, it was pretty easy to get those fast passes seven days out because nobody could book that day yet. Because they, you know, they weren't at their sixty-day window, and so it did make it difficult to get fast passes for some of the top-tier attractions if you weren't on, you know, right at seven a.m. when this went live. Whereas this, it, it provides a little bit more of an even playing field because everybody can do it at seven a.m. the day of. You can only make one at a time, and you know, your first one of the day is most likely going to be the park you're at. So it's not like you're going to have a ton of people, you know, trying to make it. So I, I think it. it evens the playing field a little bit better than what the old system had, but you're right. That's under the notion that you're paying for the upgrade first. You know what just occurred to me? If you are a West Coaster, particularly, you know, like in California and say you wanted to come to Disney World because you wanted to go to food and wine and you were going to do some fast passes, you would have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to make your fast pass reservation. Yes, you would. Exactly. That's horrible. Right. Oh my god. That's what I'm saying. So again, if you're not up at 4 a.m. your time and you're up at 4.30, you could miss out because you know you weren't up at enough time. So some of those top it's, attractions. Because it's seven o'clock a.m. Yeah, East Coast exactly. Time. So oh my goodness. So that's what I'm saying. Whereas it, it puts people on at least they all have to be that day and that's not day even of counting international people. Exactly, exactly. So I think it helps out a little bit from that regard so that if you do want to pay for the service and again, it's only one at a time. So it's not like everybody can take all the fast passes for the same attraction throughout the whole day because you got to do one at a time and then another one. So I, I think it helps a little bit from that option as well and keeps fast pass or lightning lane availability um, a little bit more open for people. Or LL for short. Yeah. So <laughs> the last kind of thing I wanted to talk about is what we think the impact of this is going to be long-term on trip planning. And this is pure speculation on our part because this is, has not been rolled out yet. And so you know, it remains to be seen yeah, how this yeah how this actually works in the wild. So we're going to have to wait until the uh, the genie's out of the lamp here before we actually see oh, what nice. happens. So, very nice. I like, I like what thanks. you did there. So we, we already talked about one potential impact where we think this can potentially, if Disney rolls it out correctly, keep the standby lines relatively reasonable for a lot of these attractions. 
Again, does Disney want to do that though? Because they are incentivized like on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's an a la carte option. So they are a little bit incentivized to make that a two hour plus line because then for uh, more people are going to want to pay 10 or $15 in order to ride that. Yeah, the um, potential for corruption here is high. Yeah, but, but I do think if not a lot of people pay that a la carte, again, I think that wait time stays pretty low because if there's nobody using that lightning lane, they're going to have to fill all the cars up. Like they're not going to want to run cars just to make it, you know, a, a higher wait time. Let's all just make a pact to not purchase the lightning lane. <laughs> yeah. And I do think, and we talked about as well, crowd management and things. This is definitely going to have an impact on how people plan their trips now, because again, it is going to be less advanced planning that you're going to need to do. The only thing really advanced planning now is dining reservations. And I wonder if if this works out well, again, that changes where dining reservations become more day of or maybe, you know, a week before or something as opposed to, you know, it used to be 180 days. It, it's it's much you know closer now. I think it's 60 days now that you have for dining reservations. So maybe it stays at 60. It's, a, you know, again, that's it's a lot less further out. But it, it really is going to change that you aren't going to have to plan ahead as much. It's going to be much more day of planning, seeing what the parks are like, seeing what the crowd is like. Whether that's good or not, you know, I do think this runs the risk of everybody up at 7 a.m. booking a lot of these lightning lanes. Now, again, the nice thing is you can only book one at a time. Does it become an issue where you can get one lightning lane for 10 o'clock and then there's not another one until five? Like, you know, how many people, how many do you have to get to make it worthwhile? Like if you can only get on two a day, that seems like a waste of $15. I think people are going to be pretty upset. You know, I think people are going to want to make sure that they can get, I would say at least four. I mean, you used to get three free ones. So you're probably going to want to try to get three or four a day to at least make it worthwhile for you. So that will be one thing to see that like, if you're, you're doing this again, you don't have to plan ahead. But if the day of it doesn't work and you're not even able to get on a ride, you know, that you're gonna have a lot of people like looking for refunds. Right. Yeah. Like that. I didn't even think about it or <laughs> something. God forbid happens to your phone. You know, you forget to charge your phone and now you can't. You're, you're just, I mean, that's not that people are going to ask for refunds there, but that's going to cause higher stress. And then those people are going to come to the parks and be stressed out. And I think the the biggest impact for me and I don't think people are talking about this. It seems like everybody's focus is on, oh man, Dizzy's making us pay for fast passes. It's it's a straight money grab. They're losing the magic. You know, this is this is terrible. And that's definitely a you know a headline. And I, I mean, it's definitely you know all valid. I I personally liked Max Pass when we went to Disneyland and used it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily surprised I, mean, I think we kind of all knew this was coming i'm not like super upset that they're doing this 15 dollars a day i thought it was going to be something like paris where every attraction there is a la carte you know if you want to skip the line it's per ride so i think it's good that they do have this option where it's like a per day you can at least get some fast passes or lightning lane reservations without having to do a la carte i'm not too overly upset by because again I, I think it may still help keep the standby lines down. I mean, it is frustrating and unfortunate that they you know, are taking away more free options from people. But I think the big thing that a lot of people are missing, and I think this is the, the bigger change for Disney 
and something that I, I really do not like. And this is that the virtual queue. And they announced, like we mentioned, that all the attractions that have virtual queue are going to be part of this a la carte. So they're considered the premium attractions. So they're not part of the Disney Genie Plus option. If you want to ride them and you can't get in the virtual queue, or I guess if you want to ride them twice, because you could, you know, you got the virtual queue once, if you want to ride them again, you have to pay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine Rise of the Resistance, especially on crowded days, is going to be probably well more than $20 a person to ride it. But I think this is the biggest change and what people are missing on Disney because they announced that Remy on October 1st is going to be virtual queue only. And so we've had Rise of the Resistance, Web Slingers, and Remy, the three newest attractions, all opening virtual queue. And so it seems like Disney is going to probably open, my guess is Tron and the new Guardians coaster. Mm-hmm. And any new major attraction they open is going to be virtual queue only. And I think that is where Disney's biggest philosophy changes. And I think that is where it's really changing how the park works. And I don't like the direction that's going because it is basically saying you have to get up at 7 a.m. for a shot at a virtual queue or you have to pay to ride this attraction. There's no option to wait in line and ride it. And why I don't like it is because one, like we talked about at Walt Disney World, you have to be at that park to get a virtual queue. So the only way to ride Rise of the Resistance is to have a park pass reservation for Hollywood Studios. You can't park hop unless you pay for it. And two, you can't ride it multiple times. You have no way to ride it multiple times. And every other attraction you can wait in line if you want to. You know, even before yeah. when you had fast passes, you could get a fast pass, but then you could wait in line and ride it again. Like flight flight of passage. You know, if you enjoyed that ride when you got your fast pass, you can get in line and wait the two hours or whatever, but you might find that to be worth it. Right. Or you could rope drop it. Right. If it was a big attraction, you could go rope drop it and then have have a fast pass for later. Or you can have a virtual queue for later. But with the virtual queue, it's taking that all away and and Disney is now almost dictating how often you can ride and what attractions you can ride because if they keep the limit on that park hopping doesn't have an option to get a virtual queue they're essentially limiting you on what you can ride in a day they're saying you went to hollywood studios you can only ride rise of the resistance unless you pay us money like if you want to ride remy and tron and guardians it's going to be impossible and rise because you can only buy two a la carte Right. You know, and and there's no option to wait in line. And that's what I think. I think people are missing that, that it, it's a fundamental change Disney appears to be making where all of these new attractions are virtual queue and it completely it completely changes how you approach the parks and it changes people's choices of of when they can ride and how they can ride. And so and even potentially what parks they visit, because exactly, you know, sometimes we will go down and we'll just go down for three days. But if, if they start doing this across all the parks, now we know, well, we're not going to be able to ride, you know, say that there's one in each of the parks. We're not going to be able to ride one of those rides. And that's if we're lucky enough to, you know, wake up at seven o'clock and get a boarding group. And, and I will say the nice thing about like Epcot, at least is, I, like I said, I imagine Guardians is going to go virtual when that opens. So at least there'll be two attractions there. So right. again, if they say, okay, at one o'clock, it's still only the park you have a reservation for. At least you have a shot at two different attractions, you know, at, so you could try to ride Remy, 
get a reservation for that in the morning and Guardians in the afternoon. But yeah, it just I I don't like that. I that's what I do not like about the direction the parks are going is that they're making all the virtual queues a la carte and they're making every attraction you want to ride virtual queue and so it's forcing you that's where they're getting you to pay more is by forcing you to pay for all these new attractions. Yeah, you know, for them kind of saying that they're trying to make it less stress, you know, you don't have to go and plan it and you can be able to go with the flow. I mean, if you get you miss that 7 a.m. window, now you're stressed because you're like, well, I came to ride this ride and now I'm not going to be able to unless I pay. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You're, you're right. Like, if I make a Hollywood Studios reservation and I don't get a rise boarding group, I'm disappointed because there's not that much left to do at Hollywood Studios and you're kind of... Mickey and Minnie. You're Mickey and Minnie. But, no, but I got you. But there's not much left to do and you're kind of stuck there because you can't park hop until two. You know, I guess you could try again for a boarding group. So they're probably banking on a lot of people just paying the money. But yeah, that's that's the change I think people aren't giving enough weight to is that everything seems to be open virtual. And I get that virtual boarding groups and lines are good because again, you don't have, you know, 10 hour waits for attractions when they first open, but eventually maybe rise doesn't get less popular, but Remy's not going to be popular forever. Tron's not going to be popular forever. And if you keep those as virtual boarding groups, you're, you're keeping artificial limits on it when I don't think there needs to be, you know, even web slingers. I mean, it's a, it's a fun attraction, but I don't think after a couple years, and especially after they open the Quinjet attraction, that if you had a standby line, it would get past 45 minutes. You know, yeah. so, so why why keep that virtual? And maybe they take them off virtual, but I, I just don't see that. And that's that's the change that worries me the most going forward. Right. So that's a whole lot of information that we just kind of threw at you all at once. I know it's a little hard to digest. I think I'm even a little bit confused still. So could we maybe do just one final recap of just the big major changes for the listener? So to summarize it, Disney Genie is basically going to be integrated in the Disney World and Disneyland apps as a free option. It's going to do basically the stuff those apps do now, but it's also going to give you some predictive wait times and help build your itinerary. For an added per person per day fee, there's Disney Genie Plus, which is basically giving you access to the Lightning Lane, which is the old Fast Pass. There's 40 attractions at Walt Disney World, 15 attractions at Disneyland. And then it's also called Lightning Lane still, but it's an a la carte option where the premium rides, so like Radiator Springs Racers, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and anything that has a virtual queue, you can purchase to ride. So that is not included in the Disney Genie Plus per day add-on. It is an additional fee per ride, and you don't need Disney Genie Plus in order to do the a la carte options. And you can purchase uh, up to two attractions per day and virtual queues are still available. So again, a lot of confusing (laughs) options and a lot of different ways you can ride these attractions. And again, you can do none of this and just stand in line (laughs) and pretend like none of this even exists. That's fine too. I think a lot of people will do that as well. So yeah, so it'll be interesting to see um, when all this rolls out. Again, my guess is around the 50th anniversary and how this actually all works in practice. But that definitely wraps up the show for this week. If you have any additional questions or or thoughts on Disney Genie, we will post 
Uh, this episode over on our Facebook page. We're Enchanted Ears over on Facebook. Head over there. Feel free to comment uh, with your questions. We'll try to answer them. Um, if we get a lot of, of questions, we can maybe even uh, answer them on a, a future show as well. So I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so already, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us see your ears. Have a great week, everybody. and We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.